0: Summer is here, people are heading to the beaches, the markets are ripping, everything seems great. Or is it? On this episode, we explore if this most recent run-up in the stock market has merit. Or should we remain a little cautious? Jamie Dimon may be running for president. We take a look at the earnings from last week. And of course, take a look at all the highlights from this week. Here. We. Go. Go. 4.7% Point seven percent here, a loss of 37 points or so. Apple shares are just getting hammered this morning.
1: We're down by between three and four and a half percent generally across these markets. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate.
0: People, they're, they're investing in individual down stocks. Down it's five five sad. They're careful. They buy a refrigerator or an airplane flight. Or
1: they're careful with their money. And they'll hear about a stock on the bus and they'll put five or ten thousand dollars on it. They have no idea what they do. So you're really got to be careful. Look at the company. Look at the balance sheet. What is
0: the reason the stock should be hard? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Season 3, Episode 77 of Pounding the Table. We're smiling. Stocks are ripping. It is Friday, June 2nd. Joey, how you feeling? Feeling good. It's been a nice week. So as part of the Finswick community, we are working with a few different newsletters every single month. This month, we are featuring The Morning Brief with Kevin D. They got 4,600 different traders. Every morning, you'll get a quick snapshot of what's going on in the market. I subscribed to them and I ended up reaching out saying, hey, this seems like a cool partnership. We don't have a newsletter right now. You guys partner with us. So, Check them out. The morning brief with Kevin D. We'll put a link in the bio. It's like a two minute, three minute read very quickly. Cuts the noise out and just tells you kind of what's happening each week. They're going to give a $50 Amazon gift card to one of the random people who sign up. Matt and Kevin D. Check them out. The morning brief. We'll put a link in the bio. But Joey, let's get into the major news this last week. The U.S. debt ceiling is getting passed through the House and is on to the Senate. Keep kicking in the can down the road. I hate this whole politics thing because they push it to the next president to deal with. And then the next president's obviously going to push it again down the road. So anything here with the debt ceiling, like how much do people really look at? Do we, do we think someone eventually is going to be like, hey, let's pull the plug on America right now? I don't
1: think anybody really cares at this point. I mean, once you get over $30 trillion in debt, I don't think anybody really sees a way out of this. So, you know, it's just this funny money that's getting bigger. And yeah, they just keep kicking the can down the road. So, you know, we'll push up on this next limit, what, in two years, and then they'll just kick that can further down the road. Another fake number, jobs jolted here. Yeah, from what I saw, people thought, you know, it was a great number, but, you know, then it got into the, it could support a rate hike in June, but then won't support a rate hike in June, maybe in July. So yeah, you get all the speculation, what the Fed could do skip and then raise, raise and then skip. Do you truthfully believe that
0: the job numbers do not matter in terms of the funds? Like what are how do they leverage that, I guess?
1: I mean, I don't know how other people use it. I'm focused so much longer term than the short term statistics that I don't really care what's happening kind of on this day to day, week to week, month to month type basis. But you know, it is something that impacts the markets in the near term. I like when headlines come out that push the market lower or you know, cause people to overreact on news because that's where opportunity is created. But it's all short-term noise that you just got to know how to filter it out, but also how to take advantage of people overreacting to something, you know, as insignificant as Joltstein. The Dow is up, I just checked it out, 726 and
0: we're not at the close right now. So keep that in mind if something crazy happens at the end of the day. Nasdaq's up 122, 4% on the week, S&P's up. So What do you think is like the major cause right now? Because like on one end, you know, we're seeing U.S. banks with record declines and deposits for Q1. And then we see the markets this week. Is this because of a few
1: good earnings reports? Did NVIDIA kind of like the match here? It's wild. I mean, there's really no basis for this significant of a move. I get that people could be, you know, it could be a relief rally. Like, ooh, we got the debt deal done. But we knew that was going to happen because neither side wanted, you know, Neither side wanted to default on our debt, but yet it's weird. We've got, you know, all these AI stocks raging because of how many times they're saying AI in their their earnings releases or their conference calls, which again, feels so metaverse or way back in Mm -hmm. the day, you know, if someone would say as a service or big data, you know, we've got all these dot coms even. That, you know, you've got these trends that take off and every company makes sure to mention it so that they can be included in that. Button. But yet we're seeing such big moves on earnings. Like we got from like even MongoDB and Samsara where, yeah, the earnings were good, but you got these 25% plus pops in the stock where you can have certain moves on, you know, if it's a unexpected profit, beat and raise with a very high short interest, but you're, you're seeing very significant moves. Without all those necessary variables in play that it's just it's getting pretty wild out there. And as we were talking before we even started recording, you know the kiss method is tried and true, where you could still see big moves in these stocks that are, you know very very simple uh, you know, these very simple investment cases that you can make, you know, based on actual numbers or statistics that I still feel like you know it's a stock picker's market and you need to be, Pickier than ever at times like this.
0: We looked at CrowdStrike. We were talking about a lot of the cybersecurity last week, right? And the news this week. Obviously with CrowdStrike having earnings, I'm just looking at the chart. It's so funny. It just drops as soon as earnings happens, chills for a second, then pops pretty much right back where it's at. It's down a little bit, I guess. So checking out BARD, how many times AI was mentioned in every single like quarterly earnings report, but it's similar to the blockchain, right? a year ago or anything had blockchain associated with it would go up. But then there are true companies which I want to just make note of. Like NVIDIA, obviously it's down a little bit after earnings because it went ridiculous. But NVIDIA is a winner in in an industry that's going to continue. So like I do want to delineate here really good companies that actually are doing stuff in AI versus companies that are going to put AI in their earnings report when they it's actually kind of vaporware, right? So I think that's happening a lot right now. And and you'll see it more and more with AI. A lot of companies are just going to pop up, but it's going to be like the second SPAC boom, right? We've seen this over and over and over again. Like AI is definitely here to stay. And the same with blockchain. I think blockchain is going to be here to stay, even though crypto has got this like dark cloud over its head right now. But blockchain technology is going to be here to stay, right? And so the companies that are actually leveraging this, like Microsoft with AI, like versus companies that... I never doing it. They, they, you know, they bought a subscription to ChatGPT
1: and they think they're an AI now. So that's something that I think we should all watch moving. Definitely. It's, you know, you want to actually do your homework and see if your companies or if specific companies actually are doing or building something within the space. Like we all know NVIDIA, they've got the GPUs, all these chips that are actually powering all of you know, these other major companies making moves. But. You know, in the same breath, you've got these other companies that were putting out press releases saying how they are going to partner or integrate chat GPT or certain GPT into their operations. It just is a way to put out the press release and have their company name mixed with the hot trend or the hot company in the market. So mm-hmm. you got to actually do your homework and see if, if your companies actually are legitimately players in the space or like you were using the blockchain one. I remember there was like a, long island iced tea type company that then became Did a blockchain, blockchain company. It, yeah it was it was wild um uh, <laughs> so you got to make sure uh, i'm like you're gonna pull it up that's amazing and that, how everything yeah, uh, happens it well was i uh, guess from an operations perspective for, for yeah this, here it is like, a 24 blockchain. million dollar this is a real headline from cnbc it says 24 million dollar iced tea company says it's pivoting to the blockchain and its stock jumps 200%. It was Farmingdale, New York-based beverage maker, Long Island Ice Tea, changed its name to Long Blockchain Court, and its stock proceeded to jump 200%. So that's what we're uh, talking about. Watch also, out for think, those guys. You got to watch for the companies. Now, this is an extreme example of an iced tea company pivoting to the blockchain. Like I can see iced tea pivoting to pivoting to energy drinks or something like that. Some name space. But yeah, you're talking from a drink to blockchain. And I mean, yeah. So I don't have any extreme examples of this within AI. We do have a lot of, you know, weird SPAC companies that have AI in it. But yeah, that's what you want to watch out for. Don't invest in one of those companies just because, you know, they changed their name. You voted for Jamie Dimon for president? That's the other name. First off, we need to go back to the character limit on Twitter because some of these posts, like Bill Ackman, he loves writing essays. And the other thing is, I saw him make a very similar post. No ulterior motive at all, right? Well, he he made the same long post about the the vet guy. And now he's got this whole thing about Jamie Dimon, where I don't know why Jamie Dimon would even want to get into that mess. Like he's, I mean- He said he wants to though. Having a very smart financial mind, in there would be would be great just like you know everybody always wanted warren buffett to be in there you know people that actually understand money when we've got you know we're looking at our national debt like having someone that understands money and is good with it would be fantastic but they'd have to have some sort of significant power to actually enact change and i'm looking at jamie diamond jp morgan why would he want to leave such a successful company where he's got this legacy to slum it in DC. I don't I don't understand why you want to do that unless he sees it as like his calling in life and you know he's set to change things in DC. But as we all know, no one no one really ever This is the, the, the decade, decade of
0: game. egomaniacs, right? Like we have a podcast. <laughs> like you know, Elon Musk is loving the fact that he has Twitter.
1: So like I feel like people do love the plan. Like, well it, speaking of Elon Musk, you got this other headline where and Jamie's, uh, you got this other headline where Fidelity says that Twitter is now worth one third the value of what Elon purchased it for. And like, yeah, that's a great headline and it caught, it caught some eyeballs, but like Elon doesn't care about money. He made that very clear. So like talking about what you think the company is valued at, like he wanted it. So now he can control a major platform and make sure that a specific... Um, political party doesn't influence something major like an election like if he loses 20 billion dollars or more just uphold the integrity of an election i feel like you know that's that's a pretty baller move being the richest man in the world as an investor <laughs> you have his that's the other thing you're like, like, yeah, like, cool but like, like chill dude. he made it clear he'll say whatever he wants and if he loses money, so be it. And I feel like he, that also stands for anybody else that wants to say whatever they want on the platform. Like he's always said he's all about free speech. And I don't think anybody believes that freedom of speech was protected on Twitter years ago. So, you know, if he's, he's willing to put his money where his mouth is to protect free speech. If you reach that level of you're that rich that you don't care
0: so i'm reading through these other headlines jp morgan ceo jamie diamond again went to china first time since 2021 warns of uncertainty also in that same light we were talking about Elon. he also went to china as well in the shanghai factory tesla's been ripping thank you joey for that we we live in this movie <laughs> like it feels like there's like a director is like. Reading all these like scenes that happen throughout like China stocks? Is Baba back on the table or some of these other stocks in China like with all this positive? I know Biden the other day mentioned things are gonna start getting better for China. And it's like China's horrible and now it's good,
1: now it's bad, now it's good. Is it good right now, you think? So it's it's different. So when you're talking about like is Alibaba or Baidu or JD.com on the table, my answer is absolutely not. I will never consider owning a stock that's like domiciled in China and we've got the ADRs or anything trading on our exchange like because then you get in this situation where it's you know this I've seen a lot of Chinese companies where you're actually investing in this investment vehicle headquartered in the Cayman Islands that has an economic interest in the actual entity in China and it's like this whole web that you're trying to follow on the F1 and it just makes no sense um so i don't think and i don't personally own any chinese stocks and i don't want to now owning an american company with operations in china like tesla that's fine by me because i feel like then you know you've got all the u.s regulations. every company has something in china not every but like not every company so like yeah like meta can't operate facebook over there you know there's certain restrictions like google can't be there um but You've got these situations where, like, yeah, like a Tesla, where they're doing very well in the American market. Chinese market's a massive, you know, growth vehicle for them. And and yeah, you've gotta you've gotta pick your players in there. I feel like Elon's handled those relations very well. And he's someone that like understands how to operate in China, but then you've got these other companies that have to form all these joint ventures and and try to make it work another way. But but yeah, if you're asking what I invest directly in a Chinese company like Alibaba, the answer is no. But investing in China through like an American company that happens to have operations there, by all means. And my money is where my mouth is with Tesla.
0: I'm just looking at this chart. It's a wild chart, by the way. We were looking at Nvidia's chart and Amazon's chart. If you look, they're just like pretty much flat. If you look at the max. And then they just go insane. So uh, applauding those people that have held these stocks for 10 plus years doing really nothing and then just rip. But Tesla has, is kind of on the outskirts of this AI conversation, right? Like I, that's what I've heard when I've talked to some of the smarter people I know on the FinTwit sphere. They're saying like. Tesla's being kind of underrated here in this whole AI space. Then there's the other people that that also say that Tesla's going to get called out for fraud. Are they like one Hindenburg report away from getting smoked? Or is Tesla going to reach its all-time high, in your opinion? I'm just going to put you on the spot right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Tesla was called a fraud for years. Like it, It was wild to see all the people that came after them and came after Elon basically saying, you know, Basically anything they could pull out of their hat saying Tesla was going on. And I think Elon said himself that Tesla was like days away from going under because they were running out of money. And that's when he was like sleeping in the factory and just looked like a walking corpse because he wasn't sleeping. Yeah. But it shows, you know, he got it done. And now look where Tesla is. Now it's this wildly profitable company. I want to say the Model Y was like the top selling car last month. I saw some posts like that. So like, Tesla turned that corner and it went from this, you know, cash furnace of a startup to this wildly profitable enterprise. So, and I, I just don't think Elon is someone you want to bet against. If you had to say, his, that's
0: his baby too, right now. Like all of the, yeah. he's got a lot of different cuts. Co- so, like in, in in my bear case, I'm thinking like I'm pretty sure I called as soon as Twitter was bought. I was like, he's getting way too close to the sun. Tesla dropped right after that. So, good job myself on that one, but. I will say again, like he—he's so attached to this stock. If God forbid something happened to him, the stock goes down no less than forty percent probably in a day. And so he's such a wild card. That he is—is is an anomaly. Like he's one of these people that, is he too much of a risk as being associated with this stock. Like none of the other CEOs are this much against the mainstream.
1: So like, I mean that's the same risk. You could say the same risk about Berkshire with Warren Buffett. I think a lot of people. He's, he's been the not talking thing. wild. Is, is well, no, no, Elon. I'm just saying, like, when you're talking about it, like an individual so tied up in a single company that they're like the face of it. Um, so like you could make the same case for Buffett. You could have said the same thing mm-hmm. about even like Jeff Bezos leaving Amazon. But yeah, I do think, you know, Elon is bigger than life. You know, he's, he's like the most influential business person in the world. And like, yeah, he's worth a lot of money. Not only Tesla, he's got SpaceX, Neuralink. He's got all these companies that he's doing FDA yeah, approved Neuralink. And, and so, yeah, it's, it could it's so be a fun. risk that he's so, but like you could have said this years ago, like when he was on Joe Rogan's podcast and all that. So I, I feel like trying to poke holes in the Tesla story. Yeah, you can find plenty of reasons not to own it, but going back to what you said, like, you know, if you wanted to put me on the spot, tell, have me answered. What's more likely, a new 52-week high or a new 52-week low? I feel like a new high is more likely over the next five years than a new low. Just because that's what I said about can, Nvidia, yeah.
0: So I did trim a little, but in five years, if you just if I wanted to close my eyes, Nvidia is going to be higher in five years, in my opinion. And so that's where you have to think as an investor. Like, are you a trader, Are you an investor? Like short term, I was like, I got to trim a little bit. I'll buy back later. Anyways, let's get into Lucid real quick because that was my favorite slash least favorite stock of all time. Made my most money and lost my most money from LCID, raising about $3 billion in new capital. The majority is coming from
1: the Saudis. Yeah. I believe the bulk of Lucid is owned by the Saudis already. So it's no surprise that they would inject more capital to keep the company operating because I think they had said that they had enough cash to operate through next year. But no company wants to, you know, start running yeah, a stereo. No one wants to get jumped. Well, especially because they're ramping production, like making cars. Elon Musk, another one to go back to what he says: like it is a very expensive business. Like those factories are a lot. All the raw materials. There's so much that goes into it. So yeah, of course they're going to be burning a lot of money. You see similar issues at like Rivian and and these other, I guess, the companies that want yeah. to be the next Tesla. So this goes back to the the whole. We're talking so like China, like the Spac attack of what was the other car companies? Like? Faraday Future, Future, Holster. I'd say the majority of those guys run out of my gut feeling. I feel like a lot will, um, or you know, get taken out by the bigger automakers just to have you know like the fancy designers that could be in there. Like Fisker, he's got a, a long track guy. I want to say a BMW. So like I could see a bigger automaker want to take them out just to have. Him back in in the mix, but again, like a lot of the investment themes for Lucid during the whole SPAC mania was this is the next Tesla, or you know a lot of these Chinese stocks. I remember like Baozan was the Shopify of China, and you got all these. You know this could be the next of this, or this is the X of this other country. If that's ever an investment case, oh, you got to invest in Lucid. It's the next Tesla. Like if that's ever the pitch the best move is usually to buy the company that that company could become. So like instead of investing in Lucid back then because it could be the next Tesla, look at what your investment would have done by just buying Tesla because Tesla is Tesla. It doesn't have to be the next one. You hear like, you know, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, NVIDIA just had this this great run. What's the next NVIDIA? Like, well, there isn't right now. Like NVIDIA is top dog that, you know, will likely continue to dominate. But, you know, if some other company are, were to rise up with some new chip or a new GP, something that can compete, then, hey, then you have a next case, but they won't be the next NVIDIA. They will be, you know, whatever they become. That's how I feel with CrowdStrike.
0: Yeah. I feel like CrowdStrike, sure, Microsoft can get into it. Right. Right. Sentinel-1, we talked about last week. They got absolutely smoked, by the way. What happened there real quick? Because I'm we're going well, off script so- right now. I'm just curious.
1: What happened to Sentinel-1? To go back to CrowdStrike, so, you know, they reported a very good quarter. And I think the best tweet I saw from Brad Freeman, stock market nerd, was he said, I don't see anything wrong with the results unless you want to be picky and say the beaten raise should have been bigger. Like, that's the best way to put it. Like, it was a great quarter. Yeah, maybe they could have beat by more or raised their outlook by more. But if that's the reason a stock falls, I actually had a buy order to to buy more, and of course, it immediately rebounded, and and now it's barely down from where it was. Like those are the type of quarters where you can not even plug your nose and buy, but recognize the market's overreacting to a great report. And yeah, maybe it just ran up a little too much going into it. Seven One's a different case because they They got um, smoked, right? They're down thirty five percent at the time of this recording, and it's just. It was worse than expected sales, and then they issued weak guidance, which included their full year outlook being brought in. And for a company that you know is seen as like hyper growth, not profitable, you cannot stumble on the top line growth. So as soon as Semalt One did that, it's just getting taken to the woodshed. And you know, with these growth names, I think the best move right now are like the companies that report a surprise profit. That's when you see just an absolute surge, but. You cannot afford to miss on sales if you don't have the profits to back it up. And Sentinel One did that, and you see what happened. Twitter,
0: back to Elon Musk. This guy's just taking over entire news feed. Elon, anytime you want to come on, just hit me up on the, on the Twitter. I'll fanboy that entire show. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, he's just like, well, I'll come on. Uh, Twitter... <laughs> I oh. <laughs> did. I go on Twitter
1: and there was like a little kid being dragged into the school bus. Did you see that one? That was wild. You know, <laughs> that, that family up. got, uh, I want to say it was $5 million. Well, like I mean, how they structured it. It's actually pretty cool how they structured <laughs> it. But I'm watching that and I immediately sent it to a group chat with my wife you and my friends. Your and yeah, I was oh, like, you're sure. unlocked. Yeah. And like, I saw the people glanced over so <laughs> how did you not see the bright pink backpack right there? But the girl was dragged like fourteen hundred feet? Insane. Was she? Had injured? she come unstrapped? Like well, I saw it was like a lot of road rash.
0: Like what should we go long the company was East Bay or East Pack or what is that? That's the dance board. I was court. wondering like if she just out
1: and went under those tires, like it yeah that Dude. i was so stressed out watching those 45 seconds i was glad yeah, it was it was, like 2019 and they like the kids fine and they got paid
0: breaking news amazon prime members can now get a cell phone for as little as 0 or $10 with prime so beth Kindink is one of our favorite twitter followers so if you don't definitely follow her uh, Amazon's reportedly looking to offer as low $10 a month or free mobile phones plans to Prime members. Amazon has 167 million Prime membership base to disrupt traditional carriers. Then there's the cash tag, rising cash tag. TNT. AT&T and Amazon. But they Also well, not AT&T came out and or, said uh, T-Mobile. Yeah, so,
1: AT&T came out and said they are not in discussions with Amazon. And I okay. saw that it was like T-Mobile and Dish were the ones that I saw that allegedly are in talks to do that with Amazon. Now, I think T-Mobile's the one that makes the most sense because they just acquired Mint Mobile, Ryan Reynolds, so dreamy, his company, and they were offering mobile service for $15 a month. So if T-Mobile can acquire them and actually keep that cost, then you know they would partner with Amazon and do it at 10 bucks because you look at like how many people are on T-Mobile's network. If they can get whatever Prime members they don't have on there, it would more than offset the people that have Prime and then got to the lower cost. Like, it's just insane how big that could be. And I mean, I have T-Mobile. I absolutely love it. I think the huge, huge value props, they give MLB TV for free every season. And I'm all about getting the free stuff. So, How's our home run derby thing going, by the way? T-Mobile's? Are you talking? Oh, our the, our home oh, run guys. Ours? We have a home run. Your
0: Army your here. brother
1: got second place last month. Okay. Shout out to Eli. Eli a shout out to yeah. my brother. You what? Uh, have, what are you? We you're, like? ranked, you're ranked higher than me. See, this is where I'm saying it's like March Madness. It's better that you know less about baseball to perform. I like, like his jersey color. <laughs> yeah, I mean. And that's always how it seems to be. So that I always do so well in March Madness because I don't watch college basketball. I just like base it off records, points per game, uh, points allowed per game. And I'm like, oh, these guys seem awesome.
0: Or I'm going to call Uh, like Villanova, I think might win the championship next year. Early prediction.
1: Well, so like I knew Creighton was going to have a great run because I I have a daughter named Peyton. And I always rhyme that Peyton's going to go to Creighton. And, wow. but then also that Peacocks run like two years ago, I knew that because kids were really into Peacocks that year. Let's get back to stocks, Joey. We're <laughs> getting way off base. Well, right. no, and we do the... need to talk about like even how we, how you can set up like your kids' investment accounts and like some good strategies there. We should have an entire episode on that because I've got some great information there on how I got a my daddy kids episode.
0: We could do a daddy episode. Do it. Well, Easter, Easter egg, egg is the word I'm looking for. Thank you very much. Joe, let's take a quick look at earnings last week. Not too much, John, because we've already talked about Strike. Salesforce, beat. where are they at right now? Let's see.
1: let's see. They are... They're down just a bit from before the release. Not too significant. Benioff was on CNBC, though. Benioff, he's he's such a monster. I love Mark Benioff. He is... Yeah, he should be. Re- I mean, <laughs> he's the man. Like I said, I've always said if there's a Mount Rushmore of SAS, like, he's on it because... What he's done at oh, Salesforce, for sure. and that easy, that company easy. is still such a monster. So, like, to see all those activists get involved before, thinking like this is freaking Salesforce, like this is Mark Benioff's baby, that he is not the type of guy you go after, and just like Elon, he's not someone you want to underestimate in any way.
0: So, Okta revenue beat by eight million as well. The last five days they got smoked in earnings. Lululemon, you wrote down Chewy, MongoDB. Lululemon, you were pissed at me because I like cut that out by accident when I edited
1: the show. Lululemon is something where it's like it's the logo that you know wearing that that it's like a status symbol. So yeah, it's completely different now. My wife swears by the leggings; she like loves the products, all that. But it was weird. There was a certain inflection point where you know it's always seen as this women's leggings brand. And I have some shorts that I wear for CrossFit where they've got like the men's line. And I tried one of the shirts on it. Like, okay, they're like the men's line. They is, have the magic sauce. There's something and it's like, it's, it's again, <laughs> it's even a status symbol with the men now with this brand. Now there is an up and coming brand, Viori, that is- An aloe. What about aloe? Growing very, I, haven't, I haven't seen them come across. Um, but like there's these certain brands that just it resonate with both men and women. And you see, you know, just the the uptake, and it's just one of those brands that they've played it all so well. And you see, they they continue to deliver on earnings. They surged last earnings report, and then just completely faded. So you know, it's almost like an easy trade setup going to this one, unless you thought they were going to miss for some reason. But no, Lululemon, like they they just keep raging on, and I think they're up eleven percent as of now. I think at one point they were up like 16%, so it has faded a bit. Well, what's the upside with a
0: company, like a retail brand like that? Because like, obviously with tech, it's unlimited. And I guess, how many pants? Because Lululemon, actually, my buddy was telling me about this, and I didn't know. Now I'm going to only buy Lululemon. But if you go there and you have a tear in your pants, they'll give you a free pair back. You only need to buy like five pairs of
1: pants your entire life then. I I don't know about that part, but... So like with Lululemon, I look this up right it, it now. started as great, <laughs> great leggings, and then they expand apparel. And then last year, they launched footwear. And I, I don't think it's even really been a huge uptake, but I did see when we went to Lululemon in like Georgetown not too long ago, they had their whole footwear display and it had like two pairs, but then a bunch in coming soon. So yeah, you've got this great apparel brand, you know, leggings, shorts, and all that. But now they're, you know, expanding their footwear brand and you see just how big, you know, like on running and Nike and all these different. So like if they can start dominating in that space um, or I mean, I mean there's so many more verticals that they could go into, even like mm. the fanny packs of Blue Lemon were like the huge trending thing on TikTok where everybody's got to have one of those. So it's just one of those where I feel like they can continue to expand, open more stores in these these luxury type markets while expanding into new areas. It's They've just got the brand power that I think they could almost do anything. I with. guess
0: Nike started off as just like running shoes, right? And now they've expanded. I think, listen to the audiobook of Shoe Dog. Shoe Dog was incredible about Phil Knight. So Bear Case on Lululemon, if you go to their quality... Website it's broken. So if you guys are listening and you work on the digital team for Lululemon, you got to fix this website because there's broken images here. But their product does say if it does not perform for you, we'll take it back. So you can literally go with a ripped pair of Lululemons and take it back, and they'll give you a brand new pair. That's a real thing, by the way. That's pretty wild.
1: Um, so I, I just got um I just got a text too that you know since we're talking about C three AI. One thing when we were talking about, you know, companies that change their name to pop up in trends. So there's this short report from Spruce Point Capital Management. And one thing they said about C3AI is that they have a history of changing their name in order to ride certain trends. I guess they changed their name from C3IoT back when Internet of Things was a buzzword. And they changed it then to C3.ai. And they Broad company. Are you calling this a fraud it company? Reflected the hype around artificial intelligence <laughs> is what it says in here. Now, I, I don't know enough about C3AI. I know some very smart investors that like it, but. You mean C3, C3 Quantum? Something... They're next week, they're <laughs> C3 Quantum. Well, yeah, something. See, seeing something like that is not ideal. Short reports, you know, they do that on purpose just to spark certain things. So, I mean, of course, that's one of the first things I see, but, you know, that it's not a good look, especially changing names based on buzzwords. All right. We have
0: one question from the audience this week. By the way, guys and girls, people, all of our listeners, please send us questions of the week because I think it's my favorite part of the show. So I just got a question from a friend of mine, Daniel Deals here in Brooklyn, New York. He's saying the jobs report you guys had mentioned is faked in theory, right? So This little pump that's happening right now, in theory, is that fake or should we feel confident
1: now in the market? I'd like to reference a Forbes article where it says how fake job postings may distort the U.S. jolt report. In it, what it says is when there are layoffs or it's a challenging economic climate, some businesses will post jobs to create the appearance that the company is doing well and growing while everyone else is floundering. So, like, these fake job posts will, of course, influence Jolt's data. So, like, no company or startup or anything wants to be, like, the ones labeled as doing layoffs or something like that. But See, that's what I mean when I'm saying, like, no one believes this because you've got... Is that factored in? Like, job postings? I don't... Let me look I'm... up the... come on joe
0: you're supposed to have all the answers
1: (laughs) well it's called job openings and label labor turnover okay so yeah then it probably would be and then you've got other places like smart assets saying the unemployment rate isn't an accurate measure of joblessness simply because it doesn't consider everyone who doesn't have a job like how does that make sense if the unemployment rate doesn't factor in everyone who doesn't have a job i'm like they're unemployed. I used to get
0: like, like 10 recruiters a day reaching out and now I get like one a day. So maybe I'm a microcosm here. But the, you talk to your friends like it's not like this. That's why
1: I'm so confused by these job reports. I don't think it's real. Well, yeah, I mean, I've seen countless people in the past say like no one believes these numbers. No one believes this unemployment. Everyone I
0: talk to, yeah. they're like, they're bullshit.
1: Well, that's the other thing is like all these people getting jobs, but then you see all these tech companies doing mass layoffs and unemployment goes down. Like, are we really offsetting all of these job losses or, you know, are, are the severance packages good enough so those people aren't considered un... If there's just so much that goes into it that, I mean, almost all economic data seems off. Shout out
0: to Mark Benioff one more time with severance packages. They get like six months
1: of severance well, dude, they're, I, I want to say, like, refers to all of his employees as <laughs> like a happy family. So, I mean, I feel like if they're going to have people no longer work there, they're going to take care of them. So, I mean, yeah, shout out if, if that's true then. But again, like, Mark Benioff doesn't play games. So, I feel like if they did a layoff as a result of overhiring, he's going to show that by taking care of people on their way out. So, good for him. Looking at earnings for next week. So using earnings whispers, I see we got GitLab after the close on Monday. So Microsoft owns GitHub and Google, I saw, or Alphabet, has been slowly acquiring shares of GitLab. I don't know how significant it is, but I've always thought Google should acquire GitLab almost as like a way to combat Microsoft. You know they seem to be going at it with everything. So I would love to see them get acquired, but it's another interesting company that I don't own a stake in, but I am interested in. After the close on Tuesday, you've got Dave & Buster's. Ooh, Stitch Fix. I tried to warn people that that wasn't a good idea. Before the market opened on Wednesday, you got Ollie's. So that's another one of the discount stores. You've seen like Dollar Tree, Dollar General get smoked. So interested to see what they do. After the close Wednesday, you got GameStop. Very interesting. Um, ooh, and then you got HashiCorp, another company I, I really like, but just... You know, it doesn't seem ideal for the Kashi con- Corp. What do they do? Kashi Corp. They own like Terraform and a couple other platforms. Oh, dude, you'll we'll have to dig in on that one. It's it's a pretty cool company. For yeah. They will. Okay. Before the market opens on Thursday, you got Toro, the big uh, like landscaping machinery. After it closed Thursday, you've got DocuSign. Raise is an awesome one. They're after the close on Thursday. You should see that one. And then before the market opens Friday, on uh, Neo, the Tesla of China, right?
0: That is the weekly wrap up. Joey, give the people what they want, man. Send them off with, what are you looking forward to in the next week? We got a little run up here on a nice little Friday. The
1: market's about to close. So we got the rate hike stuff behind us. Now we've got the debt ceiling behind us. So like everything that was stressing out the market over the last couple of months, we always come to a solution that gets the market over that hump. So now, you know, we've got the debt deal done. Now it's going to be, what are we going to look to the next time? which now it seems like the, the conversation shifting to, are we going to skip a June hike and then hike in July or just hike in June and then sit on our hands in July? When it comes to our portfolios, yeah, it seems like the major risk of a default is behind us, but now we're in this market that's just absolutely surging almost for no reason. You've got all these stocks that have been on massive runs. So yeah, just be careful. Don't, don't go FOMO into this. Like a lot of people do don't chase. I mean, a lot of us have said, you know, you've got all these different companies that go after the buzzwords. Don't chase on those. If you want to go into a high flyer because you feel like you missed it, then by all means, initiate small positions to scale in, but yeah, don't get caught up in the FOMO, but yeah.
0: Cautious optimism is, is how I'm looking at this right now. It's, it's, it's exciting. But at the same
1: time, there's no reason why. Yeah. I mean, that that feels right. So many people are still down so much from the peak two years ago. But, you know, it's been a nice run. It feels overextended. Like we could use a couple weeks off or, you know, even a couple down days for tech overall. But, you know, I would love for it to keep going on. I just don't see a case for, you know, like another 20% rally in the NASDAQ. All right, Pounders, that about wraps it up. Again,
0: check out our friends over at The Morning Brief. We'll put a link in the bio of the podcast below. If you have not signed up for The Pounders Weekly, that's our own little newsletter that we got going on, go to poundingthetablepodcast.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, poundingthetable, D-A-T-A-B-L-E, and turn on alerts because we've had a lot of people reach out saying they have not seen our tweets recently for some reason. I think we're getting blocked. but. We won't have that here at pound nation so make sure to hit that alert button and uh summer's officially here Joey so we know that everyone's probably gonna be out in the sun not paying attention to the markets as closely but thank God we are we will be That's here and we will have you covered next week woody, for mo- another edition of big mo- pounding the
1: play, don't talk about it P, I'm bite it, bite it this one here for all tried to count me out and they still counting. Honestly, I never Top is never crowded. Well, I'm trying to climb the mountain till I need a few accountants. is rising, perfect timing. I'm in prickle with the try. Shawty sliding, she wants sushi, she want eel sauce with the rice. I just peel off with of the light, took her heels off.